True beauty comes from the inside. Welcome to Talking With Our Mouthsful. And I'm Michael Chan, and today, before we jump right into things, I just want to take a few moments to recommend that you all check out episodes 42 and 43. They are about the Quarantine Capsule, a wonderful, wonderful online exhibition founded by our very own Nightingale in episode 42. Hi, that's me. Thank you for having me on the show. Happy to be here again. Nice to have you back, Nightingale. It's uh, It's been a while since we last spoke, yes? I think so. You think so? Which Nightingale is this? Um, Nightingale. Sure. But yes, the Quarantine Capsule was founded by our very own Nightingale in partnership with T-Base and Myzeum of Toronto. There are some very powerful, very amazing exhibits in this time capsule of sorts that archives Asian Canadian voices throughout the pandemic. And Michael sitting on the uh, toilet. Yes. Yes. There's me sitting on a toilet that is now immortalized in the quarantine capsule. But yes, go to the Myzeum of Toronto website and check out the quarantine capsule. And also listen again to episodes 42 and 43 to hear from the mentees in the mentorship program of the quarantine capsule and hear Nightingale talk about how the quarantine capsule came to be. Okay, we are extremely excited and extremely honored today to have our first ever pageant queen on the show. She is a queen an entrepreneur. She is a queen, yes. She is also an event coordinator. She is the 2020-2021 Ms. Galaxy Canada. She is Regine Elena! My queen. Hi, everyone. I, I love that intro. As you know, Michael and Nightingale, actually, you've both been on the sit down with Scott Dion Brown, and mm-hmm. he likes to hype our guest up with that bio, but I have to say, Michael, you outdid yourself and outdid Scott. So, great Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Scott, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Yes, we are so happy to have you here today. So I'm just going to jump right into it and ask you a big, important question. How have you been eating during the pandemic? You know what? I've been eating pretty well. You know, I you would think the pageant, the international pageant is coming up in August. I did put a pause to my pageant diet and I went all out and then I gained it all. So I was like, oh, no. But, you know, you can only indulge once and why not do it when you're stuck at home, stuck in sweatpants, stuck in leggings? Why not? Um, I've actually recently found this company online through Instagram. They're called The Button Box Toronto. And it's funny because I was just looking for sushi bake, but then I found this company. They do sushi bake, but then they also do Filipino food. And I love Filipino food. I've been craving for it. And so I ordered some. I got a sushi bake and punset and lumpia, and I called it a day. And I am so happy about it. <laughs> so what's the box called again? It's called the Baon box. So Baon, when you translate it into English, is takeaway. So it's your takeaway oh, box. How do you spell that just for our listeners uh, so they can find it? Baon is B-A-O-N. 
Thank you very much. Like bow with an N. <laughs> <laughs> bow with an N. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> See, now, now you have me hungry for a bow. Bow's good. But you also know, sorry, you know what I also like about bow is the Pixar movie. <laughs> oh my God. I love that Pixar movie. <laughs> me too. <laughs> what about you, Nightingale? Do you, do you like bow? Yeah, it's a cute movie. It's set in Toronto. Made me very happy. Right? It's Spadina or Chinatown. So if uh, if you guys hear me uh, stirring something, that's because I have a He's stirring up trouble. In. I am stirring <laughs> up trouble. Lots and lots of trouble. Like me saying, I'm coming after you, Scott Dion Brown. Ooh. <laughs> and, and the reason why I'm, I'm picking on Scott, mm-hmm. you'll find out later when we talk about the sit down with Scott Dion Brown. But yes, I am stirring up trouble, but also stirring some hot chocolate made with a hot chocolate bomb from our food feature today, Deliciousness Treats, which is owned by you, Regine. Yes, it is. So Deliciousness Treats, we do hot chocolate bombs. We also do dipped Oreos, smash cakes. I recently released juice bombs and yes, juice bombs and um Rose Krispies. So instead of a Rice Krispie square, you get it as a rose shape just in time for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Amazing. Mm -hmm. Do you have a a Valentine's special going on? I do. If you guys want to know more, because I don't memorize it, you guys can find me on Instagram at deliciousness underscore treats. Thank you. Now, the the hot chocolate bomb that I actually Mm -hmm. have in my mug is the coffee crisp flavor one, which uh, back in December... Uh, was one of your charity bombs. Yes. Do you have one for February? I do. So I will be launching it next week. It will be our After 8 bombs because After 8, Mint, February, it just seemed to go well together. Um, and the charity of choice, I thought about it really hard and I came across this non-for-profit called Birthday Angels. They actually host birthday parties for children in um, shelters all throughout the GTA. So I used to be an event planner before the pandemic and I love children and I love birthdays. So it just seemed like the perfect fit. Wonderful. So tell us, um, how did Deliciousness Treats come about? Because you started it during the pandemic. I did. I actually started it as a distraction. So during the pandemic in September, my grandma passed away and I, it's okay. And I just needed a escape, I guess, from the world. And I was seeing online, hot chocolate bombs are being sold at Costco, but in the States. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder how easy it is to make a hot chocolate bomb. And I Googled it. I YouTubed it. I was not on TikTok at the time. I just got it last week <laughs> and I, I found it and I was, you know what? This seems like something I could do. I started making hot chocolate bombs and that's where deliciousness treats came from. It was just supposed to be a hot chocolate bomb, but my creativity got the best of me. And here we are, a full menu later. Because, yeah, you have so many treats that you've introduced since you started it. And it's been it's only been a few months, but like, Mm -hmm. wow, you have so many different different items now. Yeah, I just released our 11th bomb flavor, which is salted caramel. And to me, it's weird having an odd number. So I'm going to release another one. Stay tuned. (laughs) Ooh, can't wait. Um, Are you drinking one today? And what's really great is that every month there's a um, new charity. 
There is. Something that's huge to me is giving back to the community. And I couldn't do so with the pandemic. You know, can't go out to different charity events. I can't go do a walk. So I figured, you know what? why not do a charity bomb? And at the time, the Philippines was hit by a typhoon. And I know Scott Dion Brown mentioned it when he was here. And I was like, you know what, how can I give back? Let's let's give them give them my money with the proceeds from the chocolate bomb. And that's how it started. And yes, uh, Michael, I am drinking one in my giant mug too. I can't stir it because I don't have a spoon. But (laughs) I promise you guys I have one. Which one is it? It's the salted caramel, which is our most recent um, flavor. I am. Uh, I'm definitely going to pick some up off of you after okay. this. Uh, after we're done recording, I will uh, <laughs> talk to you about that. I'm just going to take a sip because oh, this is so good. This is so <laughs> freaking good, and I'm so glad I saved it because I bought this back in December, and uh, I'm so glad I saved. I love coffee crisp. I'm a huge fan of coffee crisp chocolate bars. So. Me too. Oh. And the good thing about that one, so the coffee crisp chocolate bomb, the money from that went to give kids the world village. Um, so you gave a kid an opportunity. Yes. I'm really glad I did that. So continuing in the same vein of food, but just going back a little bit, was was food always a big part of uh, of your life growing up? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, as I mentioned, my grandma, she made sure that we were introduced to Filipino food. So I was born in Scarborough, raised in Ontario, Toronto, Mississauga, um, and they made sure that we were cultured. So I love Filipino food, as I said. They made sure that we knew what it was and ate it. And I'm so grateful that they did. What are uh, some of your favorite foods growing up? Filipino food or? Oh, Uh, gosh. Filipinos and non-Filipino. Okay. Um, Non-Filipino food. As a child, I loved corned beef from a can. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, And Spam. Um, don't choke on your spam. hot chocolate. I love spam. <laughs> I, I, those are my go-tos. Or like Mr. Noodle. I guess I wasn't that picky as a child, but um, when it comes to Filipino food, I love pancit, which are noodles, which I had today. Um, sinigang, which is like a tamarind soup-based um, dish, uh, where you can either have it with pork or chicken or fish or shrimp. Um, I love desserts. I love food. So I'm glad that we're in this pandemic and I can just pick out. <laughs> did you, uh, did you learn to cook the, uh, the Filipino food that you grew up with? I wish I did. The one thing that I honestly regret was not taking the time to get the recipes that I loved so much from my grandma. Um, cause now I can't get them unless I knock on her grave and be like, Hey, <laughs> Want to teach me how to make that punset, but um, I'm I'm learning. Like I've I'm learning how to make adobo, which is a staple Filipino dish. Um, I could fry up some longanisa and call it a day. <laughs> I remember you were talking to me about how Scott messed up <laughs> when he talked about it when he was on our show. Yes, he did. He did, and I love that Nightingale is trying to jump in and like give him more answers and he's no i don't know 
I was trying to be helpful. I know. And I could hear it. And you tried so hard and he didn't take the clues, but it's okay. So outside of uh, outside of food and Filipino food growing up, what about like cultural traditions and stuff like that? Did your did your family try to instill that in you? Like, oh my gosh! You speak Tagalog. Yes. So my family made sure that I was raised very Filipino. So I may have grown up in the Western side of the world, but down to my roots, I'm very Filipino. Where it comes to family is first, respecting your elders. Um, I am self-taught when it comes to Tagalog, so I grew up understanding it. I was interested in learning how to speak it, and my friends in high school who were from the Philippines, they knew that I was trying, so what they did was they would tell me, we're not going to speak to you unless you speak to us in Tagalog, and I was like, oh, man, (laughs) and you guys know I talk a lot, so that was a struggle, but I'm grateful that they did that because now I can hold a conversation if I had to. That's uh, that's amazing. So growing up, did you also know that you wanted to get into pageants or no. is that something that came later? No. Yeah. When I was younger, I didn't even know what a pageant was. Like I grew up watching my family play basketball um, <laughs> and my godmother modeled. So to me, if I were to do anything, it was modeling. Um, pageants just came out of nowhere. It was an opportunity that came after high school. So if you ask any of my friends from high school, they would have not expected me to be where I am now. But I'm grateful for that opportunity that I had. And here I am. So what was your your journey through the pageant world to eventually becoming Ms. Galaxy Canada 2020-2021? So I first started with a local Filipino pageant, the Miss Philippines PIDC pageant. In, I believe 2010. So I just graduated high school. I was in my first year of college. Um, and from there, I was Miss Charity, which was very important to me was to make sure that that was the title I got regardless if I won or not. And so I am grateful that I got that title. I then took a break because I was like, whatever, it's just one pageant. But then, you know, you do a pageant and there's this thing called the pageant bug. And it comes back and you're like, hey, I want to compete again. It's like Spider-Man got bitten by a spider and look what happened to him. Um, So from there, I competed in other local pageants here in Toronto and was then given the opportunity to represent the Filipino community from Toronto in the Philippines. Oh, wow. And that was an experience on its own. Like I got to travel to different parts of the Philippines, different islands. It was a 30 month, a 30 month, 30 day, so a month um, pageant. And it was just great. I got to meet 30 wonderful women that I still talk to today. Um, I grew from that opportunity and I came back and did Miss Earth Ontario, placed top eight, did Miss Earth Canada. And then I took a break because school came first and I was like, all right, got to buckle down. What do I want to do with my life? And that's when I was introduced to event planning. I then went to George Brown, graduated George Brown, went back into pageants. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I then competed at Miss Canada Top Choice 2016, where I won the title. And then in 2017, I decided to give it one last shot 
at the big pageants and I did Miss Universe Canada in 2017. Did not win and I was like, you know what, that's fine. I'm glad that I had this opportunity to even be on the Miss Universe Canada stage because it's one of the biggest pageants out there. And then in there wasn't a long retirement because then in 2019, I was then introduced to Galaxy Canada and here I am. Wow. It's a long journey, but. Yeah. Oh, no, I love that answer. I, I'm just trying to pick like, what do I want to expand on? Okay, so what's Miss Charity? Miss Charity. So to me, giving back has always been very important. Um, my dad, ever since I was young, was like, it's better to give than to receive. And I think that's one thing that stuck with me. Um, so with Miss Philippines PIDC, the charities that they had were building homes in the Philippines. And so I was like, you know what, let's do what I can. And I raised enough money, I believe, that year. So with that pageant, it was more so on advertising. So um, like a little advertisement in their program book. And the money from that would go to the charity. So I believe I raised four thousand dollars for for that and so yeah the book was pretty hefty like I still have a copy and I'm on the back of the book I like it's it's a thick book um because all the girls we really wanted that title so (laughs) we worked for it that's amazing and uh tell us a bit more about your experience uh when you competed in the Philippines it was eye-opening um I had only been compete I think that was my third pageant that I had ever competed in and the pageant world in the Philippines it's huge it's the Olympics in the Philippines so I thought I was ready but then I look back on it and I wasn't like mentally physically I was not ready but because of that experience I gained so much from it and I'm taking I I always take what I've learned from that experience and I bring it with me to all the other pageants that I compete in so for those of us who are not familiar with pageants, what exactly do you have to do? Well, you got to walk in heels. You got to be poised. So you got to be regal and graceful. And I know they joke around about what pageantry is like in the likes of Miss Congeniality. But what you see with the girls working out and the girls competing, it's similar to that. Um you have the evening gown. Some have talent. There's a swimmer competition. That's a pageant. Um, but there are other pageants that don't have um, the title competition or title. They, they don't have the talent competition. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and over here, mm-hmm. when you came back, um, what was uh, the, I guess, Miss Universe Canada pageant like? It was interesting. Uh, um, take what, what, I, I guess <laughs> whatever you're comfortable talking about with it, like what? Did, how was that? What was that experience like? And and what kind of uh, I guess what kind of preparation did you have to do for that? Yeah. So for Miss Universe Canada, it was one of the pageants that I never thought I could do, just because it seemed so much bigger than I was, and I kind of psyched myself out. I was like, no, I'm not good enough for that pageant. But at the same time, I was pageant coaching. And a lot of the girls were looking at me like, oh, so you've done X, Y, and Z pageant. Are you ever going to do Miss Universe Canada? And so when I had my students asking me, I was like, you know what, let's let's try. It doesn't hurt to try. If they don't accept me, they don't accept me. If they do, they do. That's great. 
and they did. And so with prep, it came with finding sponsors. I was so grateful to have the opportunity to work with so many great people. Um, I worked out. I also had a sponsored personal trainer who is still my personal trainer for Galaxy. So shout out to Buff Boy Fitness. And it was just a lot of mental and physical preparation. So how like how does one get into pageants? Like how do you do you just choose one and go for it? Or, yeah. or is there like an entry level? There there this? are many different pageants. There's the entry level ones, there's the local ones, there's appointed titles. Um so for local ones, it would be similar to um Miss Philippines PIDC, for instance, or Canada Top Choice. So those are ones where you would represent that community or that company, that brand. Um, and then there's the Grand Slams like Miss Earth, Miss International, Miss Universe, Miss World. Um, and then there's appointed titles. So say you were to go to a different country and they didn't have a provincial or regional pageant here, or I guess national pageant here, then that would be appointed. So you would pay to go and represent Canada. Mm-hmm. So it really where, depends. <laughs> so where does uh, Ms. Galaxy Canada stand on this, I guess, tree of pageants? I would say Ms. Galaxy Canada or just Galaxy Canada pageants in general. It is a branch off of the Ms. Galaxy International pageant. Um so I would say it is, to me, it's a Grand Slam pageant. So to me, it falls under Miss Universe, Miss World, Miss International. But that's just how I see it. Um, I would say maybe it's one under the Grand Slam. Um, but right. from what I've experienced, it's been nothing but great. And the sisterhood and the organization in itself stands for so much more. Now, you you mentioned pageant coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh what is that? And when did you uh, decide to start doing that? So a pageant coach is similar to, say, a personal trainer or your coach for basketball or football or any sport. Um, so for me personally, as a coach, I work with girls. I usually work with them in the junior division, so teen and under. Um, I work with them on self-confidence. I work with them on public speaking, on their walks, and just loving themselves because I feel like the younger generation is so bombarded with social media and being told on what they're supposed to look like. And for me, it's a matter of getting down to the nitty gritty of the person and being like, you are beautiful and I want you to know that and feel that. So that's the first step in our classes. Um, How I came to it was there's this lady her name is Josie DeLeon. She's actually the owner of Josie DeLeon School of Performing Arts. And she, I've known her since I was in high school. And she reached out to me one day and said, hey, I have a student that is competing in a pageant and I think you'd be a great mentor. And at first I wasn't sure, but if she had faith in me to be one of their mentors, I was like, sure, I'll do it. And that's where the passion came from, was just trying it out once and going from there so do you have like a lot of students that you're coaching these days not right now because the pageant world is on hold and a lot of it is virtual but I have had a few students um we do zoom calls and facetime and it's it's so different it's very different having to watch them walk 
virtually and then trying to correct them and showing them on my end. But we make do. And one of the girls that I was working with, she ended up doing or auditioning for Children's Fashion Week and she made it and she had such a great time. And it's it's just wonderful to see these young girls go from being insecure and not sure about themselves to owning the stage and really embracing who they are and accepting themselves. Because you see it, you see it in their faces from day one to, to now. So we touched on it a couple of times, but uh, I just want to go a little bit more into how the pandemic has affected the pageant world. How, how has it, uh, how's it been since the pandemic? Well, our pageant was actually supposed to be last summer, um, but because of the pandemic, our national director and international directors, they decided to put it on hold because everyone's life means more to them than a pageant. And I'm so grateful for that. Because imagine traveling to America with all different countries in the midst of this pandemic. Like, oh, I don't know how I'd feel about that. But to them, our safety came first. And so our title then extended another year, which is why my title is Ms. Galaxy Canada 2020-21. But with that, I got a new crown and I'm even more grateful for it. So I got two years, two crowns. I can't complain. And your sash got a little bit of an upgrade too. Yes, my sash. Uh, Cindy, our national director, was like, you know what, let's spruce it up a bit and gave us some new stones to add to it. And it's super blingy and I love it. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. So with your title, Ms. Galaxy Canada, what what kind of doors has it opened for you and how have you been able to use it? You know, it's brought so many great opportunities. So I was actually able to speak at an all-girl high school here in Toronto and do some workshops with the girls. And it was great. Um, I was able to actually connect with a lot of them because some of them did come from the Philippines and they were very shy because their English isn't the greatest. Um, A lot of those girls are um, foreigners. So to them, English isn't their first language. And I was able to connect with them in terms of translating what I was saying into Tagalog or using terminology that they would understand more and to see how shy they were in the very beginning of their class to how hyper and excited they were at the end. They didn't even want to leave class. Um, So that that was just amazing. Um, I've also had great opportunities to do interviews uh, through your podcast as well as a sit down, but also doing an interview with other people in the Philippines. I've gotten sponsorship from it. So it's, it's great. (laughs) So it seems that uh, from what you're saying that pageants aren't just about looks, but there's so many more aspects to it, like charity and Mm -hmm. and helping people and all that. So what do you say to those people who who come to you and and are like, oh, pageants, they're, they're, they're nothing but, you know, vain, it's objectifying people mm-hmm. and nothing else. What do you say to them? To do your research. Um, because, like I said earlier, you watch movies like Miss Congeniality and you see how some of the women are portrayed. And yes, some people are like that, but not all beauty queens are like that. Like if you look at Pia Wurtzbach or Katrina Gray or um, any other beauty queen, <laughs> sorry, I'm like, 
my mind is in Miss Universe Philippines. But if you look at other beauty queens, they're more than just a pretty face. They're more than just a crown and sash. They're educated. They they give back to their communities. They care about people. They they care. Um, so if you think that a pageant girl is a ditz or is just a pretty face, do your research. Look up what a true beauty queen is, who they are, what their background is before judging them. And uh, to anyone, uh, girls and guys who want to get into pageants, what do you say to them? Do it. Honestly, I have told so many people, you would love this opportunity because you get so much out of it. You get personal growth, you gain self-confidence, you gain interview skills, which you can then use not just for a pageant, but for a future job. It, it's helped me tremendously with public speaking, not just through a Zoom call not through just the podcast, but also when I go up on stage to MC or to even speak to a group of people. So speaking of speaking, um, <laughs> trying to segue here. Uh, no worries. How did, now I've asked your co-host Scott this, but how did the sit down come about from from your perspective, from your end of things? You know, I know I was telling Scott the last time you guys were on the show that he did a terrible job explaining what Filipino food was, but he did explain how the sit down came to be to the T. Um, we were both reached out to by Jennifer C, the founder of Canada Top Choice, and she was looking to start this radio show at Crosswave um, where she could promote the arts. And she asked both of us um, I know Scott mentioned it. I wasn't sure if I was able to commit every single Sunday, um, but it stuck. And I'm glad that it did because we're now at 116 episodes. So it's we've been doing it every week. We missed one because of lockdown. But even if, say, he's on vacation or I was on vacation, we still had an episode. We still made it work. Um, I remember when we first started and Scott was on vacation and I had to do the show by myself in the studio. I was like, oh, I can't do this. But I did. I, I tried to channel my inner Scott Dion Brown and it worked. <laughs> well, and now you're about to have your own show. I am. So starting tomorrow, actually. So it's perfect that I'm here today. Tomorrow, Wednesday, January 27th, will actually be the very first episode and launch of The Pageant Sit Down on YouTube. Mm. So I'm really excited. Our guest is going to be Miss International 2013, Bea Santiago. So I am so excited. And I hope you guys tune in. <laughs> Definitely will. Absolutely. As we're starting to wind down, uh, Nightingale, do we have any internet stuff for Regine? Yes, all of our Instagram listeners have watched Miss Congeniality. And <laughs> also, how many different types of pageants are there? Because I know in the recent years, there's been a big like shift in pageants, especially, for example, height or, like for example, mm -hmm. body shape and everything. So I guess there's just countless amounts of pageants out there. Same oh my goodness, day. there's a new pageant every day. And with the pandemic, I find that there's a new virtual pageant every day. Oh, wow. So, yes, yeah, so if you were to ask me for an exact number, 
I don't know. It's countless. <laughs> it is. There's there's a pageant for everyone and anyone. You know, there's there's a pageant for children. There's pageants for guys. There's pageants for the LGBTQ community. There's the great thing about Galaxy um, in itself is we there are seven different categories, all the way from Little Miss, so starting at five years old, all the way to 105 years old. So there's the Little Miss, there's the preteens, there's a Junior Miss, there's the Miss Teens, there's the Miss, the Ms, and the Misses. So, and the great thing about Galaxy is you can be a single mom, you can be a teenage mom, and you can still compete. You could have tattoos, you could be plus size, you could be oh, any wow. color, you could be any shape, any size, and you can still compete on a national or international stage. That that's amazing. And mm-hmm. I mean, I guess to kind of follow up on that question, are there like main pageant organizations that keep coming up with these? Or are there just are is it just many different organizations or groups or whatever that come up with all the new pageants? I think right now because people are itching to do something creatively, um, that's where a lot of the virtual pageants have come from. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a certain group? There are different groups that do different pageants, but I feel like any organization can hold one as long as their values are are right. Um, why not? What would you say those values are? To respect women, to respect everyone as equals, um, people who want only the best in the world and not those that will just use their girls as not, not those people that just want a pretty face, you know, like mm. they're they're just using you because you're beautiful or they think you're beautiful or because you're sexy or whatever. Those are the wrong intentions. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and with that, let's bring this to a close with how can people connect with you online and follow your journey? Yeah, you guys can all follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at It's Regina Lena. That's I-T-S-R-E-G-I-N-E. A-L-A-I-N-A, or on YouTube, and that's where the pageant sit-down will be. So you can just search the pageant sit-down. Um, also follow the sit-down <laughs> with Scott Dion Brown because you'll see me there every Sunday. I was not fired, just to clarify. I am still part of the sit-down. And you guys can also follow my Galaxy page, which is Ms. MS Galaxy Canada on Instagram and Facebook. And Nightingale, what is our featured eatery today deliciousness treats made and created none other than regina lena and regina how can people purchase your treats yeah you guys can also find deliciousness treats on instagram and facebook on facebook it's just deliciousness treats and on instagram it's deliciousness underscore treats if you are interested we are actually a part of a virtual market on february 6th it's called the be my virtual pageant i believe it's hosted by my mommy group north york wonderful and nightingale how can people connect with you online y'all can find me on instagram at night.win and i am on instagram and twitter and now tiktok at at michael cw chan i also have a website michaeljan.ca regine thank you very much for being here with us today it's an absolute honor to have you on our show and it was wonderful to learn about you and pageants thanks for having me i hope i didn't talk your ears off um michael before i your highness (laughs) (laughs) thank you no michael i i saw your tiktok and um Mm -hmm. 
I have to say, I, I see you a lot differently now. <laughs> I'm sure you do. And for those of you who want to know what she's talking about, follow me at, at Michael C.W. Chan. Be warned. <laughs> yes, definitely be warned. <laughs> yes. But yes, listeners, we are still in a state of emergency. We are in a lockdown. Mm-hmm. And as confusing as some of the government's uh, rules are, common sense should not be confusing. So everyone, please, if you can, stay home. Mm-hmm. Please stay safe. Please take care of one another. And as always, stay hungry. hungry. This has been Talking With Our Mouthsful with Michael Chan and Nightingale Nguyen. Music by Harrison Amer, crafts by Janine Cantrell, photography by E, and voiceovers by me, Jessica Chan. If you enjoy our adventures, please consider following or subscribing to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Want to connect with us? Maybe even participate in our podcast? Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at at TWMF Podcast. And as always, stay hungry.